You're listening to From the Midlands, the stories of people making a difference across the region. Our presenter is Gail Downey. Yes, I'm joined today by Rosie Ginday, who's the managing director and founder of Miss Macaroon, a social enterprise based here in Birmingham. Rosie makes macaroons, but does far more than that. She helps a lot of young people find work and runs a number of schemes, including the Kickstart scheme, which was set up under the pandemic to help young unemployed people get work and work experience. Hello. Hi, thanks so much for inviting me on the podcast. Let's start from the very beginning here. What made you decide to set up Miss Macaroon? How did it come about? Yeah, so I set up Miss Macaroon 10 years ago now, and it's a community interest company. Um, So we we invest 100% of our profits in providing training and jobs for long-term unemployed young people. And the reason that I set it up that way was because of one of my close family members. He was in care when he was a young kid, and I could see that it had a massive impact on him. Really bright guy, had lots of ambitions, but unfortunately didn't you know go down that path because he went to eight different schools and he wasn't really able to apply himself in the way that he was capable of doing it's really successful now um, but I wanted to provide opportunities for young people who'd been in a similar situation uh, to get into the world of work Um, because I I found from my own personal experience that actually it just takes one person to hold your hand through a difficult period just to give you a little bit of a g up and and encourage you to to really make that difference for you to excel in whatever you want to do. And obviously, as you said, it was a close family member that prompted this. You're now helping a a lot of young people, a lot of schemes. Tell me about them. Yeah. So 10 years ago now, I worked with three young care leavers to create the pilot programme for the Macaroons That Make a Difference training course. So it started off as two days a week for four weeks, um, just learning basic pastry production skills, food hygiene skills, and really trying to kind of understand what their barriers to work were and really build their confidence. And through that process, we created the skeleton of the programme. So every cohort that we have, we tweak the programme. So it's really kind of co-designed with the individuals that that complete the programme. Um, and over the last 10 years, it's, it's completely transformed. It's now a 10-week programme, three days per week, there is a five-week work experience placement as part of that. Uh, we've got six months of one-to-one mentoring. We've got a psychotherapist and counsellor that does two um, two-hour sessions on well-being at work and any kind of personal issues that they might have. They get one-to-one sessions as well. We have welcome to work tours with different corporate partners with a whole host of different support really to build that kind of network and um, opportunities for them to kind of Uh, build the skills and also just be um, exposed to different kinds of career opportunities and then build the transferable skills um, that you learn in a kitchen or a retail space that could be applied to any number of roles. Um, We have supported uh, some of our graduates to go into teaching, into IT, into business admin, into construction. So it's not just focus on the retail or the catering sphere, although a lot of our trainees do go into into shop work or into, into chefing as well. So you're helping a lot of young people who have all these schemes going on. You're helping them get careers either in catering or retail or in other sectors. Meanwhile, you're also running a business. How does that work? Um, at the minute, it's working really well. So uh, essentially, we have you know three separate businesses. We have 
our production business, we have our retail business and we have our training business. And actually in the beginning, when it was just me with 500 pounds of start of funding, um, you know, we didn't have our retail at that moment, but we did have the manufacturing and the training. It was quite challenging. I mean, starting up any new businesses is really challenging, but having two businesses start up at the same time is a little bit more challenging. So um, I think, you know, the thing that got me through was the absolute focus on the social impacts like the business wouldn't be here if it wasn't a social enterprise um it just wouldn't kind of keep me going so for me that's the main driving force for miss macaroon and you say you've got the two wings you've got the retail where you sell the macaroons and you've also got the production where you actually make the the macaroons your family comes originally from the Punjab people wouldn't traditionally see macaroons as a a, a dish a biscuit a cake that would have an Indian origin yeah yeah definitely so for me it was really important to find the exact kind of product that would work well in supporting a social enterprise so for me it had to be um, interesting enough so you know thousands millions later I was still interested and excited by making them but also had a simple enough part of it that any trainee who'd never worked in a kitchen before could actually make it. So the shells are incredibly difficult. I don't know if you've seen on Great British Bake Off or or, or MasterChef or things like that. They're very, very difficult to make. But making a lemon buttercream with butter, icing sugar and lemon zest and juice is actually quite simple. But it's, you know, it uses lots of fantastic skills that are really important. And the trainees get to kind of use all those skills to make that buttercream and then pipe that buttercream into the shell. So they feel like they've been involved in the whole part of the process. So it's a really important kind of um, journey for them to go through. And also, you know, the number of colours that you can have is just completely infinite. So for me, my background is actually fine art. Um, I did a fine art degree in Leeds and and my colour theory um, really influences what we do here. So we're the only patisserie in the world that can Pantone match macaroons. So we match them exactly to corporate colours. So for me, that was a real kind of focus um, for, for what we do, making sure that actually our product is going to sell because without selling it, we won't be able to invest 100% of the profits in the good work that we do supporting young people into work. So we needed to make a a product that would sell for a premium um, to big corporates. And that's the reason that I kind of um, went for macaroons rather than a jalebi or a barfi. (laughs) You say you started out with 500 pounds from a startup fund and and it was just yourself. When did you get your first break? How did that happen? Yeah, so I've had so many breaks all along the way. So I saved £500 um, from my own money and I was um, gifted some use of uh, free kitchen space from my old um, cooking school. So University College Birmingham were very, very generous with their space. Um, I also won a Dragon's Den competition locally that was put on by a business in the community. And uh, the prize for that was two hours of business support with um, KPMG and financial planning with them as well. And PR support with Cucumber PR. 
and then we had some legal support with Shoesmiths, but also the um, hosts for the, the competition were PwC, and they very generously gave me uh, a mentor. And that mentor's actually been with me for the past 10 years. He's kind of come onto my board and come back off to, to become a mentor. Um, and through that connection, that was the first big break. We did uh, a really large order of 500 gift bags of three Pantone matched macaroons. Um, and uh, I think it was about 40 large gift boxes as well. And that was to launch their um, social enterprise hub down in London, in more London. And um, yeah, that was great for me because I, you know, not only uh, got to provide the products, but actually got to speak with my mentor at an event launching this whole space. And it was great for us to be able to take gorgeous pictures of the products, you know, get that um, feedback and get those testimonials from uh, a big, you know, blue chip global company. And they are absolutely gorgeous. They look amazing on your Instagram uh, posts. And the colours you say match, their Pantone match. Was that a deliberate choice because you wanted to break into the corporate market? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much. Um, it's actually some of our fantastic Kickstart marketing assistants that have been taking those photos. So I'll absolutely pass on your, your comments. Um, yeah, the, the Pantone matching was was really key in what we did. Um, you know, in the early years, we, we celebrated um, Orange's 20th birthday. <laughs> so we made um, French macaroons in their Pantone orange. Um, and it was that ability to exactly match their corporate colours um, that really opened some of those doors. So as a very small business with only, you know, a very small team, um, working with these big multinational companies wouldn't normally be on the cards, but the Pantone matching really did help us with that. And you have, as you said, a production wing and a retail wing. So can anybody go and buy the macaroons from you. It doesn't have to be corporate, doesn't have to be business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we sell to the general public through our website, missmacaroon.co.uk, and also our store in the Great Western Arcade in Birmingham City Centre and our pop-up at Resorts World. But we're also stocked uh, a variety of different places like the farm at Stratford and Mid Counties Co-op. We're in about five of their stores. Um, and then you can uh, get us in restaurants and hotels across the country. So uh, one of our longest standing customers is um, the Piping Glass Inn in Beverly in West Yorkshire. They're just an incredible team that have been really, really passionate about supporting um, us as a business and our trainees. And I think we've supplied them since maybe 2013. That's a good plug for the company. Now give yourself a plug and a pat on the back really, because it couldn't have been easy on your own in the early days. Um, it wasn't, but I definitely wasn't on my own. I've always had a, a fantastic board. Um, and more recently, we've had some amazing special advisors uh, and business mentors as well. And our team is just absolutely incredible. Like We have really ramped up um, our social impact, the number of macaroons that make a difference, training courses that we run, you know, being a, a Kickstart gateway organisation. So not only employing 28 um, Kickstart employees so far through our own businesses, but also actually supporting, at the minute we've got five different employer partners, helping them to recruit, induct and train um, young people onto onto their programs as well. So you know none of that would have been possible without the the fantastic support of the team and the board. And also actually, you know Birmingham is just an incredible place. So the business community has just been so incredibly supportive. 
and the social enterprise sector is so well developed here. We've got some fantastic organisations like the Initiative for Social Entrepreneurs and um, Social Enterprise West Midlands that's now become part of Social Enterprise UK. Without organisations like that, then you know Miss Macaroon definitely wouldn't be where it is today. Do you think that's the key when people start up? Because often it's said it's a very lonely business when you start in business and continue in business. Is the key to have good people and supportive people around you from the very start? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily need to be paid advisors. It can just be surrounding yourself with other business people, with other, you know, um, people that are at the same stage of your journey, because actually I've learned as much from my peer mentors um, as I have from board members and business mentors. So it is fantastic to to surround yourself with those kind of people because you just learn by osmosis really and you absolutely will need that kind of support system in place. You've been running the business for 10 years, what's next? Um, so keep growing, so we're looking to grow our retail um, venture which might sound a little bit strange with, uh, you know post pandemic so many um big chains closing you know they, they say it's the death of retail and the high street but you know the, the it's just absolutely not going to happen it will transform and we'll move to kind of experiential activities but we need, um, especially, you know, living in a really big city, the second city, the youngest population in Europe, you know, we need that pull of city centres to keep the place vibrant. So, um, yeah, we've got big plans to kind of grow our retail footprint while using that to be able to provide more training and employment opportunities for young people. We've got um, a cohort of about kind of 8,000 young people around the West Midlands that kind of um, are moving in and out of work. So we just need that really intensive, one-to-one, person-centered approach to really understand what their barriers are. And before it becomes you know, entrenched, and really affects their confidence, we need to put activities like this in place and give them opportunity to, to work to, to make sure that actually, you know, in 10 years, 20 years time, that they're still in work and they have that dignity because of work. I saw upstairs in your offices that you have a kind of list of things like communicate, be respectful and, and all of that. A lot of businesses grumble and say young people just haven't got it these days, you know, they don't turn up for work, they're always on their phone. What's been your experience? Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely our experience. But, <laughs> you know, it's on us to kind of give them the space to learn and teach them because, you know, why are they always on their phone? Because we put phones in their hands when they're six months old, you know? We we are part of this whole society. Like, you know, we, we, we change expectations, but then when it comes to university or it comes to work, we expect them to behave in the, the same way as when everybody was given the cane. It's just not, not going to happen, is it really? So, you know, that, that list of agreements that you saw and, you know expectations of behavior that that was created by the current group of maxmad trainees so you know they know what needs to happen and if they if you kind of elicit that out of them 
and um, really clearly communicate what those expectations are, then they kind of police themselves. They they change their own behaviour. It's just, you know, we often expect people to know without telling them. And where where would people learn that? I mean, I remember when I was 16 and went into my first job as a waitress, I was a complete mess. <laughs> you, know? Like, you know, for me, it was just a bit of a youth club. And actually without seeing my incredible manager behaving in a completely different way, I don't think I would have tried to emulate her. Um, I would have just continued doing what I was doing. So actually you have to communicate what the expectations are, whether that's role modeling, um, you know, which will take you so far, but actually it's just much more effective to be explicit about it and get that buy-in from them. You'll, you'll just get where you need to get to much, much quicker. You said you did a fine art degree. Do you still paint, draw, or any of that now? Um, not as much as I would like to. Uh, yeah, I bought myself some new pencils and a sketchbook, and um, I don't know. Over the over lockdown, I've kind of lost the creativity to to be able to do it really. But I've got a, a holiday booked in soon. I'll be taking my sketch pad away with me. And how hard has it been during lockdown? We've been really really fortunate so i think during the first lockdown we were all um kind of riding a wave of innovation like how do we deal with this and how do we stay in touch with our customers and you know our customers are incredible you know they were so supportive sending loads of lovely messages and really supporting on social um and then there was just loads and loads of change and then kind of towards um the autumn then that's when we were really trying hard to kind of focus on bringing our trainees back in a more meaningful way because by that point we were seeing the impacts of lockdown on their mental health and you know mental health issues were just so much more severe so i think that was really the crunch point for us but again you know our customers were so so supportive we had a fantastic christmas and it's really enabled us to to ramp up the number of um, MaxMad courses that we run. And it just, you know, it really blows me away the fact that people buy macaroons and then at checkout donate a couple of extra quid. For me, that's that's so important to do something really meaningful with it. So we've created a separate fund that, um, that money is only used for counselling sessions for our MaxMad graduates. So they've made huge amounts of progress on that 10 week programme. They know they have a potential job, but actually their mental health isn't quite where they need it to be to be able to access work or to maintain work if they if they take that step, you know, are successful in that interview. Um, but they're just kind of intimidated by it. First, having that initial course of six sessions with a, a counsellor is so incredibly important. And it has, you know, absolutely transformed some of our young people. People who, again, had short-term work and then fallen out it's massively knocked their confidence um just needed you know maybe five or six sessions and it's totally transformed the way that they are who how they feel about themselves and how they perform at work so yeah it's been fantastic for us and why do you think that young people now need this kind of um help this support for their mental health people say oh years ago we just got on with it yeah, I mean, and then years ago, everyone turned into an alcoholic. Like, <laughs> obviously, that's a, I mean, that's a bit tongue in cheek, but I think people are, um, you know, just so much 
more in tune with societal pressures because it's on your phone that you've had however young you were you just see other people and there's always this pressure to be on and compare yourself to everyone else we always had keeping up with the joneses but you could shut your door and kind of switch off from it but it's just completely all encompassing so um you know i mean that's just one of the factors that i'm I'm not a psychologist but there's loads and loads of research out there that that does kind of talk through why young people have um much higher levels of eating disorders anxiety depression and you know it's a bit of a fact of life but mental wellness is such an important thing and that's one of the things that we we really try and impress upon people and role model ourselves at Miss Macaroon that you never you know drag yourself into work with a broken leg and say oh, I'll just forget about it I'll crack on with my shift in the kitchen you just wouldn't do that so um you know really normalizing going to your doctor to get help normalizing just just getting the extra support that you need um, you know, I've been for lots of counselling myself and it's totally transformed my life um, and it has really enabled me to be able to run this organisation and support people and create the programme in the way that it really does make a difference for young people. And of course we have two royals, you went to Harry and Meghan's wedding, who are very keen on supporting uh, charities and organisations which support mental health. Tell me what that was like. It was fantastic, yeah. It was a, such an amazing, um, well, actually, weekend for us because we had lots of um, media interviews. Um, but it was just a gorgeous, gorgeous day. I mean, it was the weather was stunning, um, which really kind of set it all off. But it was an amazing experience um, to just be surrounded by other people that had kind of given back to the community or were involved in supporting people and get to know them as well while you kind of shared the, the, the gorgeous experience and yeah I mean they're, they're very both very very passionate in supporting um, mental health and, and mental health charities as are Prince William who was um, the person who was involved in my investiture um, kind of when I got the MBE as well which is fantastic but the whole idea actually came from Catherine so <laughs> you know it's it's it is fantastic that the that generation of the royal family are so incredibly committed to um, young people's mental health in particular and your MBE was for uh, for what we do at Miss Macaroon so yeah supporting young people uh, mentoring them and giving them opportunities looking back over the last 10 years what's given you the most joy it's difficult to distill it down to one thing really because yeah 10 years is such a long time and so much has happened but it's definitely uh the young people that come onto the program and within you know even two or three weeks you know go from not being able to speak to anybody to presenting to a group or you know, turning up four hours late to being like, right, I'm committed to having a timetable in the morning and turning up 15 minutes early, you know, just seeing that impact, that's that's definitely what drives me and, and really makes a big impact. We've talked about where you might see yourself in 10 years' time in terms of the company, the business. Where do you, Rosie Ginde, see yourself in 10 years' time? That's such a terrible question to ask because it's actually one of the activities that we do as part of the MaxMad programme. <laughs> and uh, I can't I can't actually answer it myself <laughs> um, so I'm involved in a lot of um, 
charities and local panels and um, things like that. Just really kind of passionate about the social enterprise sector, um, young people and supporting them. So I imagine that will kind of continue um, in whatever opportunities kind of come my way, really, um, to, to just be able to influence society and business because i think you know we as business owners however you set your business up we actually have a huge opportunity and actually responsibility to leave the world in a better place than you found it and um yeah as a business owner you can you know really impact the environment and your local area and provide opportunities so yeah whichever ways i can do that in the next 10 years i will absolutely continue to do Rosie Gindo, thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to From the Midlands, a whirlwind production. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to sponsor this series of podcasts, details are available on our website at fromthemidlands.co.uk.